Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 289 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Listen, we know we were going to preview the UNC game that's coming up this weekend, but we have a special interview episode of the DBR podcast. We have a great interview uh, that we were just able to do. First off, quickly, Donald Wine here, your host. I have Jason here, Jason Evans. What's going on, Jason? Oh, man, we just did a great interview, folks. You're going to really enjoy this one, and very timely. There's some major news about this Dookie that we are playing this interview off of. Absolutely, Jason. And Sam Klein is not here with us. He's with us in spirit. But we had to get on and record this because we just had a special interview with Indiana Pacers guard and former Duke guard Cassius Stanley. He's talking to us about several things. But like Jason alluded to, he's talking to us, first off, about the slam dunk contest that's going on this weekend at halftime of the NBA All-Star Game. Cassius Stanley will be performing in the All-Star Game. And he, honestly, he kind of takes us down memory lane for a bit, but also tells us, gives us a little tease about what you may see when he picks up that ball and takes flight this weekend in the dunk contest. You don't want to miss that. Also, we talk about life in the NBA so far, and we reflect on last year in Durham, his one year with the Blue Devils, and just some of the things that he misses about Durham and some of the, some of the things that we have uh, seen from him in a Duke uniform. Also, he gives us a couple of Coach K stories, but without further ado, you don't want to hear from us. You want to hear from the man. Here is Cassius Stanley with that interview. And we're joined now by Cassius Stanley, high-flying Cassius Stanley, uh, of, of the Indiana Pacers and their uh, G League team. Cash, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, so I'm going to let Donald start because you're going to be involved in a time-honored NBA tradition this weekend. I know you're excited about it. We're, we're going to want to chat with you about the slam dunk contest. Donald, take it away. Yeah, thanks. And, and Cash, good to have you on the podcast. Uh, starting out with the dunks, and obviously, I mean, I know you've grown up watching the dunk contest. It's usually the high profile event of the weekend. Some would say even more than the all-star game itself, uh, but it's now being done at the halftime of the game. But before we get to the dunk contest, I want to go back to Duke because at Duke, you had a ton of dunks uh, all over the place. Some were still searching for our jaws on the floor because they were awesome. But I want to know what your favorite dunk was. We have a couple that are probably in consideration, but I want to know which one did you did you think was your favorite? I'll probably say the lob at NC or at Duke versus NC State. Um, I think Wendell threw it. Um, I think that was my favorite because it was like that was definitely like a turning point in our just everything in our season. I mean, like we were kind of down at the half. Um, or if not down, we were barely beating them. And um, we just we just switched, like, I think we switched defenses. We went, like, to a crazy zone or something. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, we went on, like, a 20-0 run. And, like, it was, like, eight minutes left or seven minutes left in the half. And it was just, like, we just kept running. We kept running. And I think like, the play before it traded me a lot, and I dumped it. And then the very next play, we ran out again. And went out through it, and it was like way behind me. And I was like, "There's no way in the world I'm catching this." Like, I just might as well catch it and bring it down, and then probably like kick it to Vern or somebody. And I th- I caught it, and I still had so much time in the air. I was like, "All right, you know, what? miss make. It'll look good. If it doesn't look good, 
I know coach is going to pull me. So, <laughs> you know, let's just go for it. Like you're at Duke. It is, it's a packed house. Like this is what you live for. And somehow I finished it. And then um, I remember like, I think running back, I think I even like caught a glimpse of the replay or something like that. And I was like, no, that's crazy. Um, and how does that feel? I mean, this year, it, these guys are kind of robbed of the opportunity to hear a loud Cameron. And when you're, when you're oh, yeah. grabbing the ball and you're just like, you're staring, you're probably staring down at the rim. Cause we've seen, we've seen where your head is in some of these, you're staring down at the rim and you're like, Oh man, they're about to go crazy for this. Like, how does that feel? What take us through because this oh, and I can't dunk. We know you can, you have that feeling. No, it's the craziest feeling because um, it's like you just turn into a totally different person. So like prior to being at Duke, everyone who knew me like from LA, like just anywhere would be like, all right, he's going to do something spectacular, but he's going to make it seem like it's not spectacular. So he's going to do something crazy and literally just run back on D. Like he just had a put back layup or something. So like my first couple games, I started dunking and it was just like the crowd was so loud. I would start screaming, like I'd get, I'd get amped. And everyone who knew me like in high school was like, wow, you're screaming on dunks now. Like you're a totally different person. I'm like Cameron Indoor would do that to you. And so like, just like to the point where like it got to, you know, the mid season, the meat of the schedule. It's like, I just had so much energy because the crazies were so insane. And I, I feel, you know, I feel for the guys right now who are, who are going like, especially the freshmen who are playing and they don't, get to experience how crazy the fans are, how much they really help your game. Let me, let me transition to the dunk contest this weekend in, in preparing, there's obviously a lot of things that guys have done in the past. Have you been looking at past dunk contests and seeing what guys have done? And does that affect you? Because there's been you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans call for originality and it's kind of hard to do that someday uh, these days with so many dunks out there. Yeah, um, I mean, I've always been a huge dunk contest fan. So um, for me, uh, I've been watching dunk contests. Like, I mean, literally, if I was there, if there was a dunk contest trivia, I could get it. Like, I can name you every single winner, every single year, starting from like '82. Like, just straight on. I can give you every single winner. Like, I know every single dunk from like 1996 to now. So, like, I'm extraordinary when it comes to that. So. Now being in it, it's like it's 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 like second nature, really. Like having to watch these dunk contests and figure out what to do, and um, like you've always mapped it out just in case, like maybe maybe I'll end up in it one day. Um, but then once you're like really like officially in it and you got to start practicing, it feels like you have no original dunks. Like it's almost like you got to really think outside the box, and um, that's what I've been doing the past couple of days. And okay, you you've watched every dunk contest, or at least you you've researched him or whatever your favorite dunker of all time dunker okay um i'm gonna go with zach levine um Ooh. he's my favorite dunker per se um just because surprising choice he's the most like he's the, the closest person i can replicate um because he did a lot of his dunks on one foot and i'm a one foot jumper um favorite dunk contest performance I mean, Vince Carter comes to mind. Um, Jason Richardson comes to mind. Um, but honestly, I'd say, like, I'd say Nate Robinson because um, he was just such a showman. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was he was the definition of the dunks being good and being a showman. Um, and, you know, I think 
he took it to another level. Um, I think Dwight Howard took it to another level too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nate and I are the same height. So, but the only thing he's got for him is that he can jump over Dwight Howard and also dunk the basketball. Exactly. I can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just teasing this weekend, I know guys who entered a dunk had the contest don't like to give away what they're planning on. So I'm not going to ask you that. What I will ask you is to tease anything we should look out for when you pick that ball up for your first dunk on Saturday or, or, or Sunday night. Um, I'll just say all my dunks have never been done before. Ooh. Origin. Oh, whoa, really? Every single one of my dunks has never been done before. And do you practice them? Wait. Do you practice them in practice, like after practice, or whatever? Or is this something you just kind of like? No, no, no. These are like dunks I've picked up in the past three, four days in closed door, locked, locked doors, sealed door environment. No <laughs> wait, 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 Donald, I have to know. Cash, who, do you have like a, a, a council of advisors? Who's, who's giving you advice on this stuff? Yeah. So um, the NBA has a dunk coach. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The NBA has a dunk coach. Um, his name's Chuck. And uh, he runs like a, a, a dunk page on Instagram called Team Flight Brothers and um, a professional dunker. So um, he's been like, I've known him for a while. And so now finally getting to work with him, um, he's just been giving me some of the craziest ideas. And, you know, like I'm going to the gym tonight to just like work on my, my routine and a couple of the, the dunks just so I can get them consistently down. Um, but they've never been done before. So I, oh I am looking forward to that. I, I will say that that's going to be, that's going to be live. Must see TV people. All right. So cash, I want to, I want to switch from dunking for a moment to talk about the larger basketball career. Tell, tell me what your time in the NBA, what your NBA experience has been like so far. You know, we all hear about how great these players are. You've got to experience it, you know, firsthand. Um, yeah. You know, just get, get, take us inside that a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, my NBA time has been great. Um, just from a, a learning experience. I mean, I, I just, things were different. Obviously this year I didn't have summer league. I didn't get to really have a full training camp. Um, but, you know, just being around, you know, veterans on my team, especially like um, during the beginning, I had Victor Oladipo, um, who was my locker mate. So he was really, really big with me. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, um, Justin Holiday. Um, there, I mean, they're, a lot of the guys on the team have been so helpful. Um, TJ McConnell has been a great guy for me just to, you know, talk to, you know, when I feel like, you know, I don't understand this concept or uh, things like that. You know, they're all there to be helpful. Um, and I think the thing for me is just, um, you know, just, just learning, just consistently learning. Um, you've always been throughout the process, throughout the journey. It's always been, you know, how can I do this to get through this, to get to the next stage? Like how quickly can I get through this to get to the next stage? And um, with the NBA now, it's about, you know, longevity. That's how you really maximize, you know, your time. It's, it's about, you know, how, what can I do to stay in the league and be in the, in the league as, pos- as long as possible? Um, so I think for me, um, just, just learning that, watching, watching, um, and, and using everything to an advantage. I mean, I'm on a team with a lot of veteran guys who, solidify themselves in the league. So uh, me being a younger guy, I'm not going to have as much playing time, but being able to sit there uh, up close and, and study, you know, my guys and then guys, um, you know, night in, night out and, and picking things up and, you know, using that um, when I, when I do get my chance has been big. Uh, is there anybody that you're, you feel like you're modeling your game after a little bit? I, I must admit 
you know, Oladipo sort of jumps to mind as a guy who feels like you guys could have a similar kind of game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he helped me a lot when it came to just certain certain little things on defense and offense. Um, but for me, I, I mean, I'm just trying to pick it, pick it everyone. I'm, I'm watching everyone every night um, up close. And so, you know, I've been able to take little things from from everyone. And, and you know, I wouldn't say I really model my game after anybody. But, um, you know, I definitely just like to, you know, watch. And then if I feel like I can replicate that, um, then I, I, I try to input that into my game. Uh, and what is it you think you need to work on the most? You know, where, where's the area that the, the Pacers say to you, hey, this is what has to happen to get you, you know, full time on the team and, and really playing a major role? Um, just, you know, consistently just getting better um, at, at all facets um, um, with, uh, with a, a, a high alert on, on being, you know, the best defender on the team. I mean, that's kind of what they're what they want me to, to be as a a big two-way guy, a big, um, you know, a big defensive guy um, who can, you know, be put on, you know, one of the, the, the top perimeter players night in and night out. I know that the brotherhood is for real. Uh, have you have you had much of a chance to to talk to to Trey or Vernon at all? How, how's their experience going so far? Um, yeah, I talked to them like what, last week when we were all down here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like we're all just in the, we're all talking about the same thing, um, you know, just learning, um, being patient, waiting on our time. Um, and, but it was it was really good to reconnect with them. And um, there were a couple other guys like Marquise Bolden was down here, um, Javin Deloria is down here. So uh, we had like a, a big old like a round table kind of just sit down <laughs> for a second. Um, we were all just in the lobby at the same time. And we all ended up just talking to each other. Um, for like 15, 20 minutes. I, I have to ask, you know, has there been anybody where you've been in a game or watching a game from the sidelines, NBA game, where you're just like, that guy's unbelievable. You know, who, who's the who's the guy that impresses the the already impressive athletes? Honestly, um, the person who impressed me the most was honestly Chris Paul. And it wasn't even from like a, obviously not from like a super athletic standpoint, but um, just the way he communicates on the floor and how how much that communication really helps you know come growing up and playing basketball it's always been you know coaches like you got to talk on d you got to do this you got to do that you got to talk communicate blah 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 you hear that it's like yeah 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 but then when you really see it like i've seen chris paul like he's he really just commanded the whole game and probably ended up with like 13 points like six assists like you know, nothing's going to really stand out to you, but he just just provided that 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 layer of being an extra coach, basically, on the floor, telling his guys, telling Devin Booker, telling DeAndre Aiden, this is what you got to do. This is what this guy can't do. This is what he can do. Um, and really, really helping them. And so that, that's really – that really just, you know, that, that, that blew me away with how big of a communicator he is and how much that helps his team. You know, what a, what a dookie answer you just gave <laughs> about communications. I love it. Oh, hey, I want to I um, jump back a little bit even further in time to, to last season. Um, and, and the season ended so abruptly and unceremoniously. Do you feel like, God, you're, I wish people could see you. At, you know, this is an audio podcast. I can yeah. see you. You're shaking your head. You feel the same way I do. That team was going to go on a special run, wasn't it? Talk, you know, talk a little bit about Oh God, what Man, that was like. I just it's just like the worst feeling to talk about because it's 
man, that was just, that was crazy. Like that's one of the biggest things in life that, so honestly, what happened last year is the reason why I did the dunk contest this year is because I wanted to do the dunk contest the way I've seen it, you know, past 17 years, 16 years of my life of watching the dunk contest um, since I've been like four or five. So I've seen fans, I've seen everyone on the sideline, I've seen, you know, crowded baselines, crowded sidelines, eruption. So my thing was like, you know, I was really gracious. I got the invitation, but I want to do it next year with fans. But then, you know, I looked back and I thought, you know, think about last year at this time in March, what were you doing? You thought next week you were going to go from UNC to Greensboro to play the ACC tournament to then live out your dream and play the NCAA tournament. And you guys had a chance. I mean, especially the way Justin was going on, you guys had a chance to go a long, exactly. long way in that tournament. Exactly. And so then I just thought about it like, look, you never know what can happen next year. So I seized that opportunity this year. But, you know, going back to last year, like you said, Justin Robinson is – he was the reason why everyone was so excited because it was like, we have someone who is emerging now that is like, it's too late for you to figure out how to stop it. It's just too late because one, I mean, the tournament was coming up next week. And then after that, it was like, he didn't even get to show you everything. So it was like, you want to scheme him for as being a, a sharp shooting big man. Okay. You can scheme him for doing that, but then he's going to come and drive by you and dunk on you and get inside and play inside and, it was like, man, we had the secret weapon. And, you know, we all talk about it every time we're, you know, I talked to our, our the guys from the team last year. And it's just, man, that's like such a, it's just, it's a, it's a tough subject, subject to talk about. Yeah. But I mean, like, we, we talk about that team. We talk about just that, that last like three weeks of what, what would have been the last three weeks of the season where you guys just took it to another level and it, it, you all had a part in that, but the spark of having Justin Robinson come off the bench was something that it seemed like it elevated everyone's game. What is that like for you? Like, I mean, you're starting most games or you're playing regular minutes and you see someone come off the bench that has been in the, in the practices with you and everything and take his game to a level that helps her. What boost did that bring to to your team, and and how did that help you? Uh, I mean, that's a huge boost. Um, I mean, Justin Robinson helped me immensely, just from being a guy who could help me, you know, get adjusted to the transition of you know coming in as a freshman. I mean, I came from Los Angeles, California, so that's that's a far that's a far journey, um, and, and just getting acclimated to. Um, a different time zone, different, just everything. And, and then being able to have to get adjusted to that, get adjusted to, um, you know, going through practices and, and still juggling, you know, maybe being homesick, this, this, and that, just, just little things. And him being there and I can ask him any question about anything because um, he's, he's seen it all. He's been through it all when it came to Duke basketball and Duke, Duke life. So um, seeing him was go do that was, was great. It wasn't surprising because we already knew what he could do in practice. Um, I mean, there have been there were so many times I tried to dunk on him and it just just didn't work. Um, so I knew <laughs> I knew that there were any time someone came down the lane and tried to dunk on him, it wasn't gonna work. So um it, it was it was amazing, but it wasn't surprising. And and for you, I mean, you came in, you came in, you know, weapons hot with, with that Kansas game, and it never stopped from there. We knew you had a game that was suited for the NBA, but is there something that you learned while in Durham? that you've brought to the NBA and you're like, man, I'm glad I, I, you know, took this at least from my, 
from my one year on campus? Um, yeah, just being an attack mode. I think that's what Coach um, Coach conveys to everyone is is really being an attack, being being ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? He, with his militaristic background, um, you know, he's always talking about battles and fighting and and being together as an army and being together as a, a unit. And um, so that's what I really learned is, is to fight. Like if you if you're getting up, if you've ever been to a Duke basketball game up close. You're gonna hear him say fight. Like if it was a drinking game, he said like, "Hey, anytime Coach K says fight, man, you're gonna have a rough night." We, I know all too. Well. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's his that's his thing is fighting. So I just learned. I think I I had it before, but he really you know made me tap into, you know, going in ready to think of everything as a battle and ready to fight. Hey, I, I don't know um, if you've had much of a chance to watch them this year. Have you have you seen this year's team very much? And any any um, thoughts or comments on I, you know it's been a tough season so far. Yeah, it's just the way our schedule works. Is like you know most times like I swear every time I'm we have a game they have a game and especially yeah. now since I'm on East Coast time and they're on East Coast time it's like coincided. But um, I did get to watch a couple games and um, you know I think my biggest thing is just we don't have the fans and that's a huge thing. Um, I, I think that's it. It's a huge thing, and I think we're playing games against players who've been able to play with fans, um, and they've been in college basketball long enough to be able to acclimate without fans. And I think for us, we're such a young team that, you know, the fans would eventually would, would give us that early confidence like they did with, with me and I know the other freshmen. Um, I felt like, you know, going into the game, especially – like practices, you know, that's an empty camera. And then you go into the games to be a little intimidating, but then once you make that first basket or you make that first play and you have the crazy screaming for you, that's when that confidence just builds up. And so um, I feel like the fans are just, you know, we really need the crazies back. We need to get past this tough point in, in our time and we have to, you know, really, we really need the, the crazies back. Well, Cassius, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been great. We had a fabulous time, but before you go, it's time for your Coach K story. We ask this of every Duke player who comes on that we interview, dozens of them now. It is your turn. Give me one good story about Coach K from your time at Duke. It was like right after I broke um, Zion's record. And then I think we had a practice and it was like, it was just a sloppy practice. And it was, it was all of us. Um, and then he sat us down and he, he kind of just, you know, he gave us that. That, that one of those talks and he just kind of just was going at everyone he was just like telling us we were all doing wrong and then um you know for the most part throughout the season I think I played um well enough to to avoid you know those 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 rippings um but this was early in practice when I was still trying to figure out you know what role I had I was still trying to figure out how to sleep on an east coast time zone so I was going through a lot of things um, and so then, you know, I, we had a bad practice and then he came, he comes to me, like he's going down the line, basically just ripping everybody. And he comes to me and he's like, and you, I mean, you know, you want to be jumping and everything like that. And you're jumping, you're jumping, touching sticks and everyone's jumping around. And that's the only time you're enthusiastic. But then when you're on the court, you're not doing anything. I mean, do we need to just bring some sticks out here for you to jump? Is that what you're doing? You're just a jump sticker. Like, I think that's what it's going to take. Like. If I had your athleticism, I'd be a, I'd be an NBA player right now. And then I'm just sitting there like, 
I mean, I don't, I can't, I'm not in control of that coach. I, I, I just came out of high school. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's my goal. Uh, I would love to be an NBA player right now, but he's like, you're not doing anything. You think that's going to work? You think, you think you're going to make the NBA? I'd be, I'd be in the NBA right now if I had your athleticism. And I, I couldn't say anything because it's like, what is there to say? I, I'm in college, coach. Like, I'm a freshman. They tell me I'm obligated to go to college for one year. So, like, <laughs> at least. I mean, I, I didn't come into it thinking I'd be here for one year, but I mean, I'm here. I'm here. Like, it was just like it was. It was. It was just totally a, a shock. I mean, I've never been. He's never. I've never been ripped like that before in my life. And he kind of was just like. And I think he he said some other stuff that obviously I can't say on here. Um, but I mean, we you understand. Can imagine, yeah. it, you can imagine what it what it was and. Um, yeah, like he said something about me being like, like you heard that Jason Tatum story was like a soft uh, St. Louis kid. Um, so he kind of like, kind of said that, but like, I don't, he kind of said in a way like a soft LA kid, but like he definitely said the word soft, but I know for a fact, that was like one of the only times he said I was soft, like throughout the year. So I take that as a, as a win. Um, that was one of my favorite Coach K stories. Oh, and then so in the beginning of the, all of my stuff happened in the beginning of the year. Cause I made sure like, I'm not going to, I learned from my mistakes. So <laughs> I know I don't want this to happen later on again. So um, I came to school and this is like in the summer, this is like July, August when we're here for summer school and it's like summer practices. Um, so we're in our dorm and I'm eating like a brownie and obviously brownies are soft and I eat a brownie and I like am crunching. I keep hearing this crunch and like, why is this crunchy? But, you know, they have some parts, like, where it's, like, crust, the crust on the brownie. So I, I'm not thinking too much of it. And so I'm, like, I can't keep chewing this. Like, why is this crunchy? So I spit it, and, like, there's this white thing, like, this big. And I'm, like, feeling through my mouth, and I'm, like, I just broke my tooth on a brownie. So I call my our trainer. I'm, like, hey, I just broke my tooth on a brownie. Um, like, I don't know what, what to do. So. We go through that like for the next two days and they get me surgery, end up having to get, take that out and plus four wisdom teeth. Um, so I had five teeth pulled and like I'm out for a week and literally like the first day of practice, I come back, um, we're, we're in there and like, we're going at it like five on five, full everything. And I'm just like totally lost. I'm just trying to get my bearings right. But luckily I'm just accidentally in the wrong spot. And I take a charge and um, he's like, and everyone's like, whoa, we took a charge. And I'm like, all right, everyone's trying to come at me. Like, I don't take charges. Okay. So he's like, he's like, oh, so is that what it has to take? Cause I, I guess I have to sock you again in your mouth for you to loosen too, for you to take some charges. <laughs> and I was like, and it was like, the funniest thing is like, he was like serious. Like he, cause like, if you know him, like you think because like, oh, he's like 70, like he's not going to know, like he'll punch you. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> he's a strong, he's a strong guy. Like he's he's really strong. Like there've been times where he's like doing a demo and like he'll be on defense and like you know, someone have the ball casual and he'll sock the ball out right their hands and I'll be shocked. Like, oh he kinda that was kinda hard. And so I mean, I remember he said that and after that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this guy. He's not one of those guys to mess with. <laughs> Do not mess with Coach K. Coach K is not the one. I, I got it. No, Coach K is definitely not the one. I, you know, Cash, you reminded me of something at the beginning of that story uh, that, of course, you broke Zion's record. Have you spoken to Zion? Has he said anything to you about the fact that you you broke his record for the highest vertical leap? 
Yeah, I think I saw him like, because he came to school during one of the breaks or something like that. So, um, actually, no, he DM'd me. He was, um, because he DM'd me because he said, he told Coach Will last year, by the, when when I heard when he heard that he committed, he's like, yo, he's gonna break my record. And he, he's like, he told me like, you know, hey, I told our our strength conditioning coach, Coach Will, he's like, I told him that he we were gonna break it. So I'm not surprised that you broke it. Um, and so everyone's like, everyone thinks says that 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 record's gonna stay. Um, hopefully it stays, but I mean, everyone thought Zion's was gonna stay. So I mean, you never know. You never know who's gonna come in and break it. Well, I'll tell you what, you are safe with us because we're not going to break it. (laughs) (laughs) Cassius Stanley, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We are going to be watching with bated breath for that slam dunk contest. So the whole country is going to get to know your name the way we do. Man, uh, it, it it was a pleasure talking to you and good luck this weekend. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, we would really love to thank Cassius for joining us on the DBR podcast. Jason, that was awesome. Oh, it, it was it was so great. Look, so my reaction is first of all, the fact that he, you heard us being giddy when he was like, "My dunks have never been done before." I am so excited to see Cash at the at the slam dunk contest. Uh, but the the thing I wanted to reflect on, to me, there was one major item that I think is really worth addressing. He talked about, and and this was fascinating to me because I didn't expect to get this from him. He talked about the importance of the fans. And he talked about how that that has really impacted this year's Duke basketball team. And I think that was, uh, it's something I hadn't thought about that much. Look, we've, we've mentioned the fact that there aren't fans in Cameron, but he just came out and said it, that they are difference makers and that they gave him confidence. And, and as a freshman, having the fans you know, there to give you energy is really important. And then he thinks that's one of the reasons this year's Duke team has struggled as much as it has. It's something I, I hadn't really considered that much. I mean, yeah, Cameron's worth a couple points. Duke probably would win some of these games we've lost at home. But I, I get the impression that he was talking about, you know, the whole season and, and the energy that you get from them and how that translates into everything you do as a Duke basketball player. Uh, and I just thought that was a really fascinating part of the interview. It's insight I hadn't expected to get from him. And like I said, I, I hadn't really considered it as big a factor as he clearly thinks it is in this year's Duke team, you know, somewhat struggling. Jason, we have talked a little bit on this podcast about that effect. And, and, but we never knew. We always had a sense of like, yeah, Cameron, we always talk about the betting lines and like Cameron adds four or five points to uh, whatever spread that may be, there may be out there uh, and just the crazies being there just kind of add a component and, uh, of intimidation. And he talked about that a little bit. He even said that, you know, the first, when you come out for the first time in front of the crazies that he was intimidated, but then he glide, he said he jumps up and he sees, you know, the Cameron crazy about to go nuts as he's hammering something home. And then he says, it gives you a boost of confidence. So uh, it's clear that that is missing. We we've talked a little bit about that, but you're right. It was excellent to kind of, get that insight from someone who has experienced it before. And even in the NBA has, has experienced some games where there are no fans and there's some where there's very few, but he hasn't gotten that full gist of the, uh, that full experience in the NBA yet either. Uh, I do also want to talk about the, uh, the coach K stories that he had, because 
I like that he was like, hey, all of mine occurred before the season started because I wasn't going to make no mistakes during the season. <laughs> that is a smart man right there. That man knows, hey, you fool me once. That's cool. Like, don't, don't, don't. As he said, Coach K is not the one. And he learned that very early on. Uh, so I, I think that was awesome. What else did you have from this uh, interview? Uh, the other thing was his reflection on last year's team. And, and uh -huh. folks, I wish you could have seen. I commented on it. Uh, we, we are, we're recording this on Zoom. So Donald and I and our guests, we can all see each other. I wish you could have people, I wish you could have seen his face when I asked him about the premature end of last, last year's season. Um, you could just tell from his expression how much it pains Cassius that we didn't get a chance to finish what that team had started. And I, I thought his reflections on Justin Robinson and Justin Robinson's emergence were, uh, uh, look, they, they matched the way I think a lot of us feel that that was going to be a magical end to the season. You can just tell, he knows it. He knows in his bones. He looked like, if, he, yeah. he, looked it, like he was going to call up the boys right now. I'm like, hey, let's go back. Like, let's, let's finish this. Uh, you, he knows that if there had been an NCAA tournament, Duke was going to do something special. And, and I, I feel like, look, we, we go back through history. Duke fans go back and we go, oh, we were robbed in 99 and, and uh, it, uh, 2005, 2004. 2001, 2004. Yeah, look, we go all the, uh, 2002, you mean? To the, no, yeah. I'm sorry, 2002, 2004. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, we, we go back to all the, uh, 1986 for me. We all have these different years. I, I really think that these guys feel like they were robbed last year, that something truly special was going to happen. And, and it didn't happen for them. And, and it's, it's unfair. I mean, look, coronavirus has been horrible, terrible, and a million and five awful things have happened that are way more important than anything in basketball. But as a Duke fan, it's, it's just, it's a pity. It's a pity. And it's, it was interesting to me that he used the pain from that as the reason for accepting the invite to the dunk contest this year. Uh, as opposed Great to he's, yep. he said he wanted to wait until there was fans and stands and he was talking about that but he also said like hey we don't know when that's going to be you never know tomorrow's not promised essentially is is what he was getting at and he was like they're presenting this opportunity now take it now so I, i'm really looking forward to the dunk contest this weekend is uh, as i mentioned it's, it's the highlight of the weekend even for some people even more so than the actual game the dunk contest is the it thing so uh, we're looking forward to that. I think all of you guys now, once you've listened to, now that you've listened to his his nugget and his tease, I think you guys should be watching as well. As it's all going to be on this weekend. I believe TNT is carrying it, so check your local listings for that. But for now, that will do it for episode 289 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Sam will be back. We will be back later on this week. I know it's Wednesday as we record. We will be back later because we have a big game on Saturday, and y'all know we're ready for it. We will prepare for UNC, but until then, for Sam and Estensha, and for Jason Evans, I am Donald Wine, and the Duke fan, fly us out of here and take us home.